Welcome, sports fans, uh, to another edition of the TMG Podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne of TMG, back in the home base of Chino Hills, uh, otherwise known as the home of the uh, Lithuanian All-Star basketball team. And we'll get into that in a, in a bit, along with some other stuff. But first, we want to welcome in, uh, we, had a, we added a, a sponsor last week, which was very exciting. Uh, it's uh, APBA, A-P-B-A. And uh, we'll be talking more about this in in the middle of our podcast. We'll bring in Mark Blauchin, who is an uh, uh, avid. Uh, he's been playing this game since he was a uh, a kid. And as I found out, the, the game was founded in 1951, and uh, so we know Mark was alive at that time. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Appa. It, 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 you know what? I went on the website yesterday. I didn't have a chance to take a real good look at it last week, but. Uh, Man, I, I really, I, you know, I get it now. Uh, I, I got it before, but I get it now. Uh, APA is the unchallenged king of quality sports entertainment products for realistic game situations, including football, golf, hockey, soccer. And this is like a, a board game, and, and Mark will talk later about this. But um, uh, I went on their website, and I think I'm going to buy a couple of these for Christmas. Uh, they have a, ho- uh, a soccer one. Uh, my kids are nuts about European uh, soccer, Premier League soccer. So that might be a. Uh, I think I just gave away their gift too. But there's no chance to listen to this podcast, so I think we're safe. Uh, anyway, we have the uh, most of the characters are, are are here. We have Herb Gould. Uh, we have Mark Blauchin, and filling in for Tony again. Or I guess Tony this week is Tom Lucci. Uh, he's basically one of us. Uh, Tony is, I don't know where Tony, he, Tony is off in, I think he's in Bristol for a, an ESPN meeting. I think they're calling everyone home for something. Um, but, uh, Christmas bonuses, I think. You know. uh, Christmas bonuses, is that it? Uh, okay, so, so anyway, we've, we've, got, we've got enough people to get started. We've got plenty of people. Again, let's start with, this is, you know, because it's my home base, and I've talked about this, and probably people are tired of hearing about it. I don't know, but the the Ball family, they they have moved. They live ten minutes from me now um, in Chino Hills, and uh, you know I had a, a Estonia in the in the pool uh, where the Balls uh, kids were going to end up. I think Blau might have had uh, uh, Latvia, um, and, and and Tom, what, where where did you have the Ball kids going? The country is basically a block of ice in the winter. The facility is freezing. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of them get out because the quality of basketball is better wherever else they go. So yeah. if this is the fatherly advice, so be it. Well, this is, I guess, the grand plan when you really look back at it. When they had their flow charts, uh, you know, a year ago, uh, I think this is all roads led to, to, led to Lithuania. Um, it, it just, uh, you know, I... It, 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 I I moved uh, now. I will say we we were in Chino Hills before the the Ball family moved in. But it's it's interesting having somebody from your town. Uh, you kind of make it big in in you know many different ways. Uh, but uh, now Herb, where are you from? Where where did you grow up? Actually, I, I was just going to say it's good that the weather isn't great in Lithuania because my ancestors might have stayed there, and I would be covering them over there. <laughs> Um, but they came over to Chicago, so I grew up in the northern suburbs of Chicago, but my 
grandparents, great grandparents on the other side were, you know, they were from that that area, uh, you know, white Russia, Lithuania. I don't. I think those borders changed almost weekly back in the day. <laughs> but your home now, North Chicago, like what, like like Evanston oh, or Deerfield. Okay. I, I, in Deerfield, who was the uh, who was the most fa- who was the most famous? Did you have any famous uh, person come from from your hometown that you were kind of your hometown uh, guy? Uh, well, Hank, Hank Haney, the golf uh, pro. Wow! Uh, but unfortunately, he was just just enough years younger than me that I grew up with that horrible swing that I have. Uh, we didn't have anybody big. We had Jim Anderson, who could have, should have, would have been a. Good defensive lineman, but got hurt in college. Okay. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, but, we don't have anybody notable. I got somebody. All right, wait, wait. First stop. Hold on. You're from. Yeah, down, yeah. Where are you from? Jersey guy. Westwood, New Jersey. Home of Tony Soprano. Oh come yeah. on! So, it's a, it's not, absolutely. Game's getting no, oh, Okay. All right. The town I've been living in, uh, Old Bridge, which is in the center of New Jersey, uh, National College Defensive Player of the Year, Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty good. Uh-huh. Yep. And um, Lori Hernandez, gold uh, medal winning gymnast and uh, Dancing with the Stars winner. <laughs> well, there, there you go. Uh, well, I, I grew up in, in uh, La Habra, California, and we had... Uh, we I went to school with Ann Myers. Um, I mean, she was two years ahead of me in school, and of course, her big brother Dave was uh, the you know the, the last uh, first All America for John Wooden's last uh, national title team. So that was a big deal in our town. But you know now. I know. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't talked to her in a while, but uh, I knew her pretty well in high school and and stayed in touch uh, a little bit afterwards. And I know her brother. She's from a family of like eight people, the kids, I guess that you call them, <laughs> people. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, I, her brother, her younger brother Jeff, was a year ahead of me, and 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 I was much closer to Jeff. But I used to used to play pickup games in the in the summer with and I'd have Ann Myers and Dave Myers on my team, you know, like you like you uh, we uh, we weren't luckily we weren't shirts and skins, but. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, that was a that I mean I, I thought I was a good player, but it was it was look look who I was playing with, uh, so yeah that was it. But the now it's the Ball brothers and 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 maybe they they've gone from uh, famous to infamous, but uh, so be it. Uh, uh, you know if, if Arvidas Sabonis approves of this of this move, then I'm all right with it. Uh, okay, let, anyway, moving on and um, let's let's look at the uh, Heisman recap. Uh, no surprise, probably the least surprising um, Heisman result in a while. Uh, can you, we're all Heisman voters? Can we reveal our votes now? Is there is that is that legal? Uh, and 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 do we want to reveal our votes, Herb? What did, how did you how did you vote uh, uh, in this this year's race? Well, I'll probably get in trouble, but I have to admit, for the fourth time in eight years. The Heisman winner was not on my ballot. Ooh, I, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I have no problem with with the winner, Baker Mayfield, as a an athlete. But I, I, my problem is I look at that integrity clause, and I hold these Heisman candidates to a higher standard 
I don't want to get into big debates about it, but I wish the Heisman Trophy would just, you know, they should just strike out the integrity thing. Right. They asked me to vote for a guy with integrity, then I'm going to do that. So he was off on my ballot. Um, is there anyone with integrity that you've voted? I mean, did you vote for Johnny Manziel? I voted, no, I did not. Did you vote for Jameis Winston? I did not. Did not, you, not only not, not on my ballot anywhere. Did you vote for Cam Newton? I did not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, who did you have? Well, tell us your uh, your order then, your one, two, three. I, well, I had uh, the lad from Stanford, number one. Okay. Uh, and I had Lamar, uh, the uh, Jackson, incumbent, right? number two. And I had uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor, Taylor uh, my Badger freshman, number three. Okay, sounds like an alma mater pick there, but that now that well, not really. You know, back in the day, I, I remember in the old days when when the Heisman Trophy was a sensible award that <laughs> wow. won by seniors. You know, by, that it was. It, you know, I used to always put the third slot as a future consideration. No. Um, but also, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, you could make the, I mean, he had a great year. He did. on a 12-0 team. Um, yeah, no, he, he, he finished in the top seven, or for sure. Uh, Mark Blauchin, uh, did you vote for Baker Mayfield? I did not. I had him on the ballot, but I didn't vote for him for number one. I, I had Lamar Jackson number one, Mayfield two, and, and uh, Love three. Same reasons, the integrity clause. Basically, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I can't ignore what Mayfield did. I mean, in terms of what he did on the field, but I, I heard, but not to that extent of keeping him off the ballot. Although I did keep James Winston off the ballot because I thought that was far more egregious than you know, right. just some, some what, what Mayfield was doing during the games. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was a factor. But uh, I, I didn't, I did not have, I just didn't feel that Mayfield should be the number one. Guy on my ballot. Okay, uh, Tom Lucci, did you have? Did you vote Baker Mayfield for your Heisman Trophy? I, I did. Uh, okay. Did you? Did you? Yeah. Well, Tom, you're breaking up again. Oh, well, well. All right. There we go. I want to know voted for Billy Cannon. <laughs> Billy Cannon. He was uh, before my time. I voted for Gordy Lockbaum. <laughs> oh no. So so. You and Sports Illustrated. You and Rick Riley, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had one. I had uh, Reich's Love two, and I had uh, Rashad Penny three. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I, I have that West Coast bias going on. So you're the one, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I tell you what. I'll, this I will tell you. If I had a top five, Saquon Barkley would not have made it. Uh, you think he was a pr- production of uh, ESPN programming? Is it basically they? they, they, they... I, I'm shocked he's won Player of the Year awards in both there, the Bull Horning Award. I it just shocked me. He uh, to the game didn't get 100 yards. Right. Well, he. You know, he. This is. Uh, we'll, we'll, let's. We'll. We'll get to that. I. I did. Uh, and I'll reveal my ballot. I did. I had uh, Bryce Love. Um, and then Baker, I did put him on the second, and then I had I had Penny third. Uh, so there we go. We had one out of our out of four for Baker. But you're right about how much of this becomes a show, an ESPN show, and and, and to some respect CBS uh, SEC show with Gary Danielson, those guys. But uh, yeah, Lucci, uh, Tom, it's uh, 
Saquon had was was the early favorite, and it's hard to get somebody off that horse, isn't it? I mean, once they once once they people don't want to admit, uh, you know, that that they may not have the right guy. It takes them a long time. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a little bit better. Okay, unless you have a situation like Geno Smith, you know, when he had five of the most unbelievable games and then seven of the worst games possible. I'll just read this to you. The quote is, the, the award annually recognizes the outstanding college football player whose performance best exhibits the pursuit of excellence with integrity. The winner would epitomizes great ability combined with diligence, perseverance, and hard work. So, you know, I mean, if, if, if you're a word person and you take those words literally, see, I, my thing with those guys is always either they're going to win or they're not on my ballot because they're, they're either, if they're qualified, they've had the best year. Right. Um, but I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't say it too loudly because I got seriously cyberbullied on the, by the, the Seminole Nation after I tweeted something about uh, Jameis Winston. So, it, yeah, it's a tough deal. Seems, seems to be a less of an issue for, for most other people since it was a runaway election for Baker. Uh, so uh, I guess most of the membership in the Heisman uh, did, you know, does, does, not, does not share our prevailing opinion but, uh, or your opinion. But that's, you know, I guess that's the beauty of it. You can do whatever they want. Um, well, if as the most, I have no problem with him as the most valuable player, you know, or or the player of the year, or whatever you want to call it. But if you put the, you know, I, and, and I guess other people just don't really understand what the Heisman Trophy mission statement says. Yeah, well, I also noticed that the guy, the the linebacker for Georgia, Roquan Smith, got he got three first place votes. He's a linebacker, defensive player. Um, Anybody, you know, I guess uh, somebody you know somebody wants to make a case for a defensive player. Manti Te'o finished second uh, a few years ago, um, but uh, we got girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> there we go. All right, all right, uh, uh, Tony Soprano. You know, pipe down there. Uh, uh, but the, the 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 funny part now is it, I I love the the projections for next year. Who's gonna win next year's? Heisman Trophy. Well, we don't know. You know, I, poor, you know, poor Ralph Russo of the AP has to do stories like this, and I understand somebody probably assigned it to him, but is there anything more ridiculous than trying? I don't know who's coming back next year, uh, let alone who's going to uh, win the Heisman Trophy. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is, and, and it's over with. And the ratings, I guess, were way down. Um, any exp- explanation for this? People would just probably just thought it was going to be a runaway, or is yeah, this just a thought it was going to be a runaway, and it might have been some people who, who were, you know, felt that way about about you know, about Mayfield and, and the character, but I but probably just because it was a runaway, and I, I just think people didn't. There was no drama to who was going to win. Okay, well let's. And Oklahoma, I mean, I don't know how many you know television sets Oklahoma has, and and, and, <laughs> tel- and fans of Oklahoma. <laughs> It's television set. Don't tweet that out. I'm not. I'm not dissing them. I'm just saying. I mean, it's just a, a oh, number yeah. fact. Oh. I, mean, it's just I have a I think. All right. Well, let's let's move along here. Uh, interesting day in the podcast. 
but I think let's 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 bring Mark. Uh, let me do a little promo here for Appa, and I'll bring Mark in uh, for a little testimonial. Uh, but I said I I went on the website. Uh, this is really a cool thing. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a board game uh, that you can play with other people, basically two people or yourself, solitaire. And uh, you know, it's a contest against uh, uh, with using real stats and uh, you know scientifically devised reproduction of all the players. Uh, uh, you know, so you can assess their their offensive and defensive skills. And then you roll dice, and then uh, then you play a game, and it's 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 pretty cool. And and Mark, you've been playing this since you were but what uh, knee high to a uh, uh, you know since the Eisenhower administration, guys. Since the Eisenhower administration, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So it, 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 the game basically hasn't changed. Right, it's just the basic thing it hasn't changed, and, and 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 you know, which is the great part about it is because it was based on numbers and based on stats. And if you were even if you were a stats guy, I mean, it was it was it was great to. To get, they took last year's stats, and I'm sure they're working on it right now. And come, come, you know, February, the new cards will come out in baseball, and 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 we'll have, you know, uh, people will go crazy just playing those games. I mean, my best, one of my best memories though was, I mean, like 1976, I think it was, working the Morristown Daily Record, um, and they got the sports editor of the Boston Globe, Joe Sullivan, uh, the former sports editor of the Boston Globe, Don Squire. And myself were all working at the and we and we had an APBA baseball league, and and I'll, I'll tell you there was more debates going on over the teams be playing those games. We did our work, but but in, our, in the off time we were playing that game. And it was ridiculous. I mean, it was fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it, it is fun, and you can. And I was looking at the website. You can you can actually go out back and play. You know, match teams from different right. eras. You know, you like the fifty one. You know, whatever the twenty seven Yankees versus the whatever. Uh, you know, uh, which is so it, it, it sounds like a blast. Uh, uh, and you and I know if you were and blah, if you were a lonely kid, you can't play against yourself, too. Uh, yeah, so you, you, can, you can play. I'm like, I, I like I said, I play, I played a full American League schedule with full stats of was only 18, but but I but I, pl- I played games and it was I would just sit there for hours and nothing was going on and just roll the dice and you can play a game in 20 minutes basically. Um, which is, you know, I wish baseball would do that in real life. The plate cut down, and it was, it was, it was absolutely fun stuff. <laughs> that's like, a, uh, yeah, that's like an army, uh, the army navy game. Uh, you know, you want a want a twenty minute game, uh, no passing. Uh, so anyway, yeah, we're we're happy to have the app as our sponsor and, and uh, check it out. Uh, if you what you really need to do, just go to the their website apbagames.com. Uh, like I did yesterday, and it just explains everything and, you know, gets you started and just t- shows you what they're all about. All right, moving on to, I'm going to get into a little uh, philosophical thing, and, and, and Blau, Jersey guy, uh, we talked about this off the air yesterday, about, I mean, I have a real problem with what's going on in the last couple weeks in college football, and I'm sort of semi-seriously worried about the future of the sport uh, and all ties, I think, to the this Jimbo contract, which uh, I think crossed a, a certain line uh, for uh, you know where we are in this uh, sport. Um, and, you know, his seventy-five million dollar contract after a five and six season, uh, which I don't, th- you know, I think he did one of his worst coaching performances or jobs ever. And uh, yet, this is where we're at. Um, 
I, I wonder, and look at, remember, and Herbie, you can speak to this, the Northwestern players a few years ago that tried to unionize um, and uh, you know start sort of a movement, and in a way they did, uh, but this only adds fuel to what they were they were talking about, where the coach can make $75 million, and your best bet is is getting a really cool gift bag, you know, at, at, at a bowl game. Uh, Herb, you know, is this, does this bother you as much as it bothers me, and you are, have Northwestern ties, so uh, is this going to spark another round of uh, revolution? You know, I, it's a good question, Chris. I mean, it does it does bother me in the sense that, you know, you you just laid out that the coaches are are making a fortune, and the players, you know, have very little say in what's going on. Uh, you know, it's a complex issue. I don't know that another round will come out of it. Uh, it was a tricky deal, even when they did it, because it needed to be limited to private schools. Right. You know, the public school. Uh, model didn't work, you know, and I, and I had conversations with Jim Phillips, the Northwestern a- athletic director about this, you know, obviously they didn't want to see a union. And my point to them was just that, you know, the, the, the players need to have some sort of collective voice, you know, it doesn't, right. maybe it's not like a traditional union, but yeah, they need to have a collective voice and they need to be able to get together and say, well, we need a certain amount of money for expenses we need to have some guarantees for uh future medical issues right. which they surprisingly don't have you know those are things that all need to be addressed i think that incrementally that's where this is going to go i mean you're never going to have colleges paying real salaries to these guys yeah. but if they at least have a voice that that that's a start that's my, that, that's my dilemma and we'll bring in uh, mark on this my dilemma is and for years, I thought it was a equitable trade-off that a player or a, 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 a player got a you know if you get a full scholarship at Stanford or I know it varies from school to school, but if you get a full scholarship at Northwestern or Stanford or one of these nice schools, I mean that's that's not nothing. You know that is could be up to you know half quarter million, half million dollars. That's a good deal. I don't think it's a good that good a deal anymore when the head coach is making ten million, um, and it's just all happened in the last uh, eight to ten years. This commissioner, the, the commissioner of the Pac-10, Tom Hansen, uh, when he left in two thousand eight, I think he was making five hundred thousand. Uh, the new commissioner, Larry Scott, is making four million dollars a year, and so I think his wages and his his deal has gone up considerably more than, than anything that has been done for the student-athlete in the last eight years. Mark, uh, what can we do here? Or, or do you think this is a problem, or am I just blowing smoke? No, you're not blowing smoke, dude, but, it, but it's got a lot of tentacles to it. And in the middle of it, as, as is with all things, when we have excess, it's television. Television has increased the money. Um, and then you throw in an area like the Southeastern Conference where most of those issues are coming, like Jimbo Fisher, uh, $75 million. Um, what do you call it? Gus Malzone, $49 million over seven years. I mean, the, the numbers are just astronomical, and, and they're dictated by TV. Now, whether that whether we've hit a ceiling with TV because they, they're going through some tough times, and we'll see what the next round of contracts brings. So it's all, it's all related, but you're right. I mean, 
um, it's it's ridiculous. And 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 what it kills me too is you you put that money in and ten years, ten years for a contract. Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. What's why can't if you want Jimbo Fisher, fine. If you want to pay him seven million dollars a year, okay. But make it four or five years, and then if he does good for another, you know, after the first year, extend it. But but a ten-year deal—that's where I I I draw the line. I said, what are, what are you guys doing? Right, uh, Herb. Um, let's you know get let's get back to Northwestern, and I, I think you're right. The, the the players I think was misconstrued what they were really after, and you mentioned the medical you know, kind of protecting their medical future. And what the commissioners did, the Power Five commissioners, they saw all these lawsuits in the pipeline, and they tried to cut it off doing the best they could with the advancement of this, uh, you know, this full cost of attendance, which they were, which is a good thing. I mean, they were able to get uh, players uh, more money, additional money, spending money, a couple, couple thousand a month or whatever a year, uh, and that's fine. But when you're comparing that with, the money that is getting pumped into the sport, it's not even close. And I think, I don't, the problem that I have is I don't think players should be paid. Um, but, you know, what what can you do? And in a weird way, you go back to what the NCAA was, you know, for all those years, the, the Neanderthal NCAA kept teams off of uh, television. I mean, you could only be on a couple times a year. Uh, back in the 70s, and then the Supreme Court decision of 1983 or 4, which uh, Oklahoma and Georgia sued the NCA, has spawned what uh, I think it was Wizard uh, uh, Byron. I know he don't. I know he doesn't like to be called Wizard White, but I think the uh, dissenting opinion predicted that this was going to happen. In a weird way, the end. What the NCA was trying to protect was you know, any facade of, uh, of their amateur status. You know, they were tr- trying to protect uh, the commercialization of their sport. And uh, so here's what we have now. It's, it's, it's uh, in many ways out of control. And what do the players have? Uh, Herb, uh, can they do something like uh, providing, you know, medical care after a player's career is over? Or maybe a trust, you know, where they, they can pool money and players can get this at some point in their life. Well, they, they certainly can. And, and, you know, they have addressed it in, in a, a very minor kind of a way. I mean, the players get stipends now for some travel and some day-to-day, you know, clothing, meal allowances. Uh, at some schools, I, I think it's $2,000, $4,000 a year or semester. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what. I mean, there is a little bit of money coming in there. Uh, you know, I don't even know what the answer can be. I mean, it's just the, the part of the problem, and I think people are aware of this, is that the revenue sports fund these entire athletic departments, and it's sort of convenient, you know, for major athletic departments that have $150 million budgets, somehow they work it out that they break even every year. You know, I mean, no matter how much money they have, so, yeah. you know, you really don't know how the accounting goes. I don't know, you know, what the answer is. I mean, like you said, there is some value to the scholarship. And, and it's not, you know, it, it's not it's not minuscule. I mean, you there are there are things that are good for the athletes, but but it's just way out of control because the, the value of winning 
is so high. And then there are people who are fans who will just throw money. I mean, the major programs, these guys will write tens of millions of dollars in checks to, to have a coach fired or to bring in a new coach. So I, I don't know how you how you put a rein in on, on the money. It's out of control. Yeah. Luke, you worked at, you worked at Rutgers. You were inside the rope. So what goes on, what went on there with the Big Ten money? Tom might have bailed off. I will quote him. He had the great line when they got uh, invited into the Big Ten. Uh, you know, they were having financial problems, and, and and Lutz said, you know, they were looking for a life preserver, and, and they got a Carnival Cruise. I mean, you're talking <laughs> 40 to $50 million a year now in television revenue at the Big Ten schools, which is just boggling. You know, I mean, it's also the haves and have-nots. You may remember a few years ago, I think it was Grambling or one of the historically black schools. They didn't even have like clean new uniforms, and and I think Phil Knight or, or some of the Nike people got together and sent them some things. I mean, it's just it's just the same way we're going in society. I mean, there's just haves and have-nots, and and we just don't have an institutional system that that can address it. Right, Mark. You mentioned you mentioned the ESPN factor. Look, they control or own 90% of the 40 bowl games that are out there. And here's my problem. And, and Northwestern is going to something called the Music City. All right, the Music City's, uh, that's right, a little more established bowl. Uh, it's, it's not like the Cactus or the whatever, the Cure Bowl, but they're playing Kentucky. Herb, what is to stop? I mean, someday, if 10 if, uh, Northwestern starters... Uh, you know, just said, decided, you know what, we're not going to play this because, you know, this shouldn't even be a bowl game. Now, now Northwestern deserves to go to a bowl game. They had a, a, a really good season and are on a hot hot streak. But these six and six bowl games uh, that weren't even, bowl, you know, 20 years ago, this was not a game. Um, you know, why are, I mean, do the play, you really think players are, are, are thrilled to go to Detroit in, in, December or you know uh, I I just don't I don't get it and 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 Mark are we to, is ESPN to blame for all this you could say yes I know it's well they're, they're, they're certainly a, they have their footprints uh, handprints all over it and paw prints or whatever you want to say it because they they own bowls and they dictate matchups they dictate starting times uh, you know they want programming so and so and they and they have, I mean and they made it clear. I mean, they don't. They don't care about the people in the stands. They don't care about the play. They care about people sitting in their front of their TV sets watching watching games. So, so that's the tough part. Yeah, I mean the numbers. You know, the other part. I, I understand what you're saying, Duke, but I, I think that what happens is, I mean, the television numbers are decent, even for the crummiest of these bowl games. I, I think that the kids like to play football, you know, and, and I don't. I don't think they see this as a chore. Even if it is, I mean, like to play, even if it's not the most exotic location, they, you know, and and the coaches love it because it's exposure and more practice. I mean, the the downsides that we see are just very minor compared to the positives from just about every perspective, even if it is sort of a, it's a change in sensibility from the days when going to a bowl meant something. Yeah, so it, 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 like it, I don't I don't have a problem. With, I don't know that there has to be forty games, and I'm not sure about six and six teams deserving to get in. Uh, but uh, it's just uh, I I wonder if the day is going to come where somebody's going a team is going to collectively like a Northwestern 
uh, that, you know, has, has kind of a larger uh, you know, mission at hand, uh, the future of the players, and, and make a statement. I mean, individual players have made statements kind of to protect their futures and, 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 uh, and, and not want to play because of the NFL draft. But what if a whole team decides uh, we're not going to do this because this is, this is not right? I mean, is, that, is, that, is there a chance of that happening? Yeah, well, I'll be curious to see. Um, like I said, I, I talked to you yesterday. Let's let's take a look at like Mel Kiper's list of uh, draft uh, potential and see how many of those guys are going to play in the bowl game. So we're predicted as first as 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 lottery draft picks. I mean, you know, obviously that if you're going to play in, in a final four, you would think they would play. But but the other bowl games, I I don't know. Is is is, is Rosen going to play? Uh, for UCLA, I mean, uh, what's the, what's the, what's the risk reward thing for him playing in that game? Yeah, I mean, none. Yeah. But I see. Oh, you know, I mean, with the, he's had that chronic ankle. Right. Why? Right. Well, Why? I, I, mean, I mean, the thing is, you would think they would want to play because they like to play football, and because yeah. what better thing to do than to play in a bowl game for the school and all? But if you're, you know, if you think that you're putting your your NFL prospects at risk, then that's a different question. Yeah, I think it's got to be an individual decision. And I think there is a difference between the Cactus Bowl and the Cotton Bowl. And if Sam Darnold wants to play in the Cotton Bowl, because, you know, that's a really big game for USC and they're playing Ohio State, then I think uh, each player has to make that decision. But uh, there is a difference between bowl games. And, yeah, I don't think a player would sit out a semifinal game or, or, or a Rose Bowl. Uh, and he, well, you know, Christian McCaffrey didn't sit out a Rose Bowl. He he was in a Rose Bowl and he had a phenomenal game. What he sat out was the Sun Bowl the next year. Uh, so yeah, I think it was a person. You know, if he each player has to uh, you know measure what the risk reward is. Um, but the, you know, the the problem is 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 pretty soon every team's going to be in a bowl game. We already have eighty teams out of the hundred and thirty. Uh, and and players don't have don't have a choice in that in, in that in, in many ways. Uh, I I just don't know. I think we're at a tipping point here. I mean, could well, be that's wrong. my big is is that we're we're awarded mediocrity. When I first started doing this you know, on a big time basis in 1982 in Dallas, I think there were 13 bowls. 13. Now there now there's 40. I mean, and and, and seven, it was seven wins to get to, to even come close to being. Uh, and a lot of teams were left out with seven and sometimes even eight wins. Right. Um, now there's you win five. I mean, you, 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 people last year, you know, every year a couple of teams with five teams make it. Right. Five wins. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're we're awarding mediocrity, and we're went to that mentality of participation. So, oh, isn't it nice that they played in the bowl game? Well, how about how about a reward for a, a good season as a bowl game? Of course, sometimes you get a reward, and you, and you go to Boise or Detroit in, in December. Well, I don't know. Again, we can argue with the reward of that. But up, there's just too many bowl games, and, and they're played in some some places that aren't. That, I mean, it's not a it's not a place that you want to play a postseason game. I don't think. You know, yeah. You know who's being rewarded for this is ESPN. Well, uh, sure. Well, again, it's back to TV. Again, it always comes back to television. That's yeah. the, it's, I mean, that's the bottom line. As Herb mentioned, I mean, they do good ratings on these games. They don't. They're, a lot of a lot of these games, they're, they're, they don't have an attendance. But the ratings outdraw anything, you know, regular season college basketball, or so ESPN is being rewarded, and the players, Chris, and the players remember, get a back. I, I don't know if you were there. We had a, uh, a conversation with Josh Krul, which is a good buddy from ESPN. We were talking about some game and, and some meaningless ball game 
that you were ridiculous rating, and I, and I said, well, and there do no people, and and, he, and, he, and, and I explained, we talk, talked to him about it, and and he said, I said, well, if you had this, would you would you tell us the game? He goes, absolutely, because they they look at ratings, any kind of rating they get, they think is a bonus, so, right. so they'll play any game anywhere, anytime. They make money, and the players get a gift bag. Uh, uh, Notre Dame hurt for years. Notre Dame did not go to a bowl. How, decades without going to a bowl. I think it was between well, then, right. they went to the Rose Bowl yeah. in nineteen twenty five and then uh you know and then they went to a cotton bowl like fifty years later. What happened to that uh credo, you know? <laughs> well you know when I was in college, uh the Big Ten went to one bowl game. They went to when I started college, they went to the Rose Bowl. And the other thing about that was even if you won the league, if you if you had been there the year before, right. you were ineligible. So they took the second place team into, oh, the early 70s. You know, it's a long time ago in a sense, but it wasn't, you know, it was a showcase kind of a thing. And, and I, I remember as a kid, it wasn't even, it was single digit bowls, you know. It, but but I, I don't have a problem with it because it's just a, it's a different era and a different you know, I mean, look at all the layers of baseball playoffs that we have. I mean, we, we can remember when you won the league and you played in the World Series. And now, because you've got more teams and, you know, the, it is a little bit goofy. I, I don't know how the kids feel about some of these destinations. Well, the baseball salaries have gone up with every layer of, uh, of playoff, college Football salaries have not gone up uh, with every layer of uh, additional bowl games, and you know that's that's the crux of it. Is that the players? What are what are the players getting out of it? And I, I probably I agree. Most of them think it's a it's fun, but uh, like you said, the, the day after Christmas in Detroit, I'm supposed to get excited about that. I get you know. Well, you know the sensibility too. I mean, I, I you know I'm a baseball history fan and. You know, after, I mean, you go way back in the day, I mean, in the early part of the 1900s, when the Cubs would play, they would, if they had a day off, they would stop somewhere, barnstorm against Albany or, or <laughs> you know, Bedford, Indiana. They played anybody. When they won the World Series in 1908, they won it on a Thursday in Detroit against the Tigers. And then the two teams got together and played an exhibition game in Chicago a couple days later, and then they, you know, they played other exhibition games. You know, I guess we sometimes forget that these are they're sports to us, but they're businesses to the people that are that are doing them. Yeah, I don't I don't remember very many ACLs blown out during a baseball game, but uh, you know, I saw Carson Wentz, the, the Philadelphia quarterback, blow out his ACL diving not even, diving into the end zone for a touchdown. Uh, but guess what? He's highly compensated for that injury, and that's kind of the risk-reward of playing in the NFL. It, it's an interesting question. We could probably talk all day about it, but uh, uh, we should probably get out of this. Uh, I, like, who's got something to say? I have nothing left. Um, what's, what's out there? Was, who, what about the best co- Who had the best coaching hire, you think, out of all these dominoes that fell? Anybody stick out? What was the best hire? Don't say Jimbo to a and I like Florida did. I mean, they, I mean, Dan Mullen is a guy that's been there, done that, you know, as an assistant coach. They know what they're getting. He's a guy from the league. It was sort of interesting to me that, you know, when a guy moves within 
You know, we don't see very many guys move within the Big Ten, if any. Uh, and to do that in the SEC is interesting. But, you know, I, I like that hire a lot. You know, there are some other ones, but that one especially. I, I like Scott Frost in Nebraska. I think it, it, it looks like a good fit. He's got the enthusiasm. He's gotten past the, all the, the hysteria of Central Florida. And he's in the coaches. And, he, and, and here's the thing. He's staying with his team through the bowl game, which I, I kind of like. I mean, Nebraska let him do that. And he, and he feels comfortable doing that. So he's going he's gonna to be the Central Florida coach until, until you know, they play Auburn in a, in a peach bowl. And then he'll be the Nebraska coach. And, 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 he's, a, and he's a Nebraska kid. Let's, I think maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel for Nebraska after a, a dark period. Let's see what, how that works out. Yeah. That, yeah. Go ahead, Turner. That's a good thing. You know, I might add. I, I just think that, you know, I, those people have to be realistic in, the, in Nebraska. I mean, to think that they're going to be doing what they did with Tom Osborne is really not realistic. So I hope that they are. You know, 10-2 and two is a good year. 9-3, and three, those are good years. I hope that they understand that and – I agree with you. Good hire, as long as those people are realistic. Yeah, I like Scott Frost because he he still runs the option with his his the scout team for Central Florida. Uh, you know, twenty twenty years after after playing quarterback, and I like the fact he's coaching uh, in the bowl game. That wouldn't happen at a big time university. That's that's a product of Central Florida having a a, a season that they'll never have again. Uh, right. And it, 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 it's a situational thing, and I'm, I'm glad he's able to do that. But that would never happen at the, you know, most most coaches that leave uh, schools in that situation, the, t- the team can't wait to get get them out of town on a on a rail, you know, uh, like Jimbo Fisher or somebody or or Willie Taggart, uh, you know, at Oregon. Um, yeah, he, you know, once he decided, it's like, you know, get out of here. We, we, we've had enough. But it's nice that, that Frost is able to do this. It's it's a unique thing. Um, so anything else? What do you got to add? Blau, do you have something else to say? Well, you mentioned Willie Tiger. I mean, that bothers me. I mean, the, 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 the trivia point was that Willie Tiger uh, recruited for three different schools in one calendar year, making promises at each stop. I mean, that, that that's so uh, epitomizes where we are in college football right now. Shameless, yeah. That, that was shameless. I mean, lie lie to uh, recruits, uh, you know, if you're going to do that, just be honest. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if you want to go, go, but don't tell people, don't play games on Twitter. It's like, oh, we had a great practice today. Can't wait for tomorrow. You know, when you're already talking with the school you're going to, uh, you know, just, just be upfront and honest about it. That's, that's the least we could hope for. Can I, can I take this, this happened a couple of years ago when Maryland hired DJ Durkin, right? Yeah. I found out from 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 some because he had Jersey connections that he was going to be hired as the Maryland coach, right? And I put it out there on 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 a blog. This is before this is back in my days as a Jersey guy before TMG, and and it, and it gets picked up in Baltimore, and and uh, the people at Baltimore called up, and they talked and they talked to a, a recruit that that uh, Durkin was, rec- was recruiting in Michigan, right? Who, who was visiting at the time, and, and the kid says, Coach Durkin said. There's no way he's leaving. It's an absolute lie. Well, the next day, he's he's in Maryland and now he's going to be coach at Maryland. There you go. Yeah, integrity, loyalty. You yeah, know, okay. Uh, that, right, okay. Anyway, we could talk about this forever, but let's get out of here and, and uh, uh, move on. Uh, say goodbye until next week. We'll probably do a, a pre-bowl uh, podcast looking at the big oh, games. Oh, our contest, dude. What about, what about our bowl contest? Oh, yeah, our bowl contest. I'll put out more on Twitter today. We'll get it going. Uh, and Herb, if you haven't filled out your uh, 
your bowl, your, your bowl thing. Just it's the same thing as the NCAA tournament. We have the TMG College Sports. You can go to the ESPN Bowl Mania uh, section and sign onto our group and pick the bowl games. And 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 you have I a, did. I would, have you done I it already? To see that the Aggies are playing the Aggies in one of the bowl games. <laughs> I can't even remember which, but. I, I'm going to be rooting for the Aggies in that game. You got it. I think I don't. I'm sure, not sure that I think ESPN makes you actually pick a uh, a, a college, not a nickname. Uh, but uh, Aggies, I don't think it's the tiebreaker. But yeah, it's, it, it, the it, best it, game is, is Virginia Tech versus Oklahoma State. Hokey pokey. The hokey pokey. I like that. But uh, yeah, get, you know, if you're still listening to this podcast, uh, uh, you know, sign up and you can. You're still eligible for the ESPN million dollars, and you just join our group, and we'll have our own little individual contest for the TMG College Sports Group, and we'll give away. We'll, we will reward. We won't say exactly what we're we're going to do, but the uh, uh, the the basketball winner did get get a nice little reward, uh, and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so very dear near and dear to our heart, uh, but. Uh, it should be fun, and we'll talk more about. Well, we can't talk about it next week because the bowls will already be started. So sign up now, uh, and before the games start on Saturday. So are we done? Out of here. We're done. Okay. It was a well. Sorry, apologies for uh, the Tom Lucci, uh, uh, you know, uh, satellite issues or Skype issues. Uh, but uh, well, thanks for having his garbled voice for for what we uh, we, we could get him for. And, and until next week. Adios.